Hockey with a Pacific Bias. This is episode 125. Now we're a quarter of the way to 200, uh, 100. Math, difficult. Uh, I'm your host, Penn. I'm joined by Zombie Joey. Hi, I feel all right. I sound kind of shitty, but I'm I'm feeling okay. Good. So just a vocal cord, Zombie Joey. Yep. Uh, I like the sharks. Joey likes the ducks. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, the various scandals that the NHL is mishandling. Uh, because let's start there's with... never a fucking end to them, apparently. <laughs> no. Well, there's an end to them if you uh, believe the NHL. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, you remember Akeem Aliou? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, uh, nothing happened. Everything's fine. <laughs> Investigation over. <laughs> To which came out of defense or uh, counsel says, Oh, the fuck? Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. That's fucking news to me, motherfucker. Man, uh, <laughs> geez, I don't even really know what to say. It's it's just like they, they yeah. I, I don't <laughs> what, what I have to say is this is why we assumed nothing was going to happen with the fucking beach investigation because these guys are that level of fucking just scared. I, like you said before the show, scum suckers. Like genuinely, I can't think of a better fucking word for them. Yeah, I I guess they picked now. They thought that maybe this this was a quiet moment where nobody would notice that they said that. But Ex- of course, people noticed. <laughs> Except that they said it during their Kyle Beach press conference. Maybe it was a camouflage thing where they like, okay, we know you're upset about Kyle Beach. By the way. Uh, this other uh, investigation. The Kim thing is, uh, is is concluded. Yeah. So yeah, I fucking hate these two robots. These empathyless fucking just damn near devoid of their own humanity robots. Fuck these two assholes. Batman's a lawyer. Is Bill Daly also a lawyer? Uh, he's a demon. I don't know if he's a lawyer. <laughs> Puts him halfway there, I guess. <laughs> Oh yeah, I passed the bar, so now I'm going to be a lawyer. <laughs> so I, I have to turn in my humanity at some point, apparently. <laughs> yeah, congrats on that, buddy. That's that's fucking super sick. Yeah, I'm just glad not to take it again. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. So, I think it's worth noting here also, this is something I was just reading on Reddit, but do you remember like the various punishments for Arizona and the Devils related to... Yeah, we. Uh, we talked about those during the uh, the Kyle Beach episode, which is currently being uploaded because I forgot to upload the second episode from last week. <laughs> okay, yeah, so this is like episode... Oh, I guess that's 124.5. Oh, yeah, it's, not even num- it's not even numbered. It just says Kyle Beach is a hero because we did forget to say that. Yeah. So I just titled the episode. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's good. I, I'd forgotten we talked about it, but the the, the devil's getting fined three million dollars for salary fuckery. Picks. Yeah, three million dollars and draft picks. Did they did they get fine draft picks as well? I know the Coyotes did. For, yeah, for the uh, for the the Kolchuk shit, they also got they got hit with draft picks as well. Okay, now this is coming was, back to me. Yes, because then we we discussed how uh, yeah, sexual assault is definitely. Not as bad as signing somebody to too big of a contract. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. At least in the uh, NHL's eyes, so it appears. Yeah, and, and Bettman was asked about this, and he, he basically said, well, it was a different 
context, different considerations, different time. Which is a a pretty shit answer. <laughs> so that's so it's just like, yeah, like I I don't know what the fuck. I don't I, Batman just fuck you. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Fuck you. So yeah, different considerations. One one team fucking just like, hey, here's too much money. The other team's like, hi, rapist man, continue to work for us until we win, and then go have a, a fucking recommendation to other places to work. Yes, have a wonderful career elsewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, so what, what does it take these fuckers to get fired? I don't know. I mean, I, I genuinely don't. What, what, it, what it takes is the owners also having humanity, which we already know that they don't. At least most I think th- enough of them, yeah. I, I think the ultimate thing. I mean, it it's what it always is. It has to start costing these these fuckers money. This has got to be costing them money now. I would. Ass- I I have heard various rumblings on th- things that we all listen to that sponsors uh, that sponsors are unhappy. Yeah, well, that doesn't look good. I, I mean, we got the players kind of speaking up and saying, yeah, maybe this Don Fair guy shouldn't be the head of the NHLPA. So, yeah. Maybe we'll have something yeah. similar for for Batman. Batman's also old, like you know, when Yeah, he's got to be close to being done with his career. When Tim Peel committed a much smaller fuck up, he was basically sent off to ride into the sunset. So, why not something similar for for Batman? It's a good question. But that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's one of those things where you get jaded. You see more and more of these things happen and nothing done. And it just, when the next scandal rolls around, uh, it just doesn't even feel like firing him as an option because you've already seen that the NHL doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, that, that has been pointed out and I think is a good uh, a good thing to keep, your, keep in mind is that, I mean, ultimately the next... The next commissioner is going to be picked by the same fuckers who loved Gary Bettman this whole time. So the next person is going to be just as much of a fucking demon as the rest of these assholes. We have to do something about the culture in hockey at the highest level. Because what I will say, and we'll, we'll get to more of this later, is that I think we are genuinely seeing a slow change in the culture of hockey. That might be accelerating after this whole beach thing, if you know, if we're lucky. But it really does have to go all the way to the top, and just kind of the priorities and the way this sport thinks about itself needs to be fixed because it's fucking broken. My hope with an appointment would be that, given all of the stink raised about this, rightfully so, obviously, that uh, whoever is in charge of appointing the next commissioner would would you know. Uh, try to send a message to sponsors by appointing somebody who has a sterling reputation and is not a Batman type. So I, I think that's at least a possibility. Whether or not it'll happen, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I guess it it is a possibility. Um, but this is this is the league that tries to insulate its own GMs against their own stupidity. So like, they're very much fucking bowling with the with the bumpers up type of a type of a system. So I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> forward thinking or uh, or uh, risk taking these bunch of losers are yeah um we probably won't get to see Batman fired anytime soon but uh 
somebody who had nothing to do with uh, Chicago's shithousery got fired. Jeremy Colleton yep. is the first coaching casualty of the year. You know, come to think of it, I feel a little bit bad for him about uh, tagging him on to the end of, of that discussion because it, it creates uh, association. But, uh... Yeah, no, he was, he's only associated with them being bad on the ice. Yes. Not, not, not anything to do with 11 years ago when, I don't know, what was he, in his early 20s at that point? Yeah, maybe even young. younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, early 20s, yeah, yeah, you're right. See, I never remember when he started coaching, he had players who were older than him. Yeah. <laughs> I think this, the same was for the same was true for Sheldon Keefe, right? I mean, it makes sense. I think he's now the youngest coach in the league, so I, that would that would track. He's also a young coach. Uh, Toronto's started winning, so maybe he's not on the hot seat anymore. No, they've, they've been okay, though they they now have the uh, same points percentage in record as the Ducks. Well, but we'll, we'll talk about that. But the Ducks have actually been pretty good. <laughs> Don't take this away from the Ducks, Joey. <laughs> No, I was more making fun of the uh, the, the Leafs for having the same... I, they have a slightly different record, but the same amount of points and same points percentage as the Ducks. Yeah. Do you think that guy who burned his jersey after Game 4 feels a little stupid? Probably. I hope so. Because he's... Uh, that was stupid. <laughs> yes. True. I guess he threw it on the ice. Maybe he got it back yeah. somehow. But I'm sure there were others burning their jerseys, too. Because that's kind of how things are done in Canada. And some U.S. cities, I guess. So, I don't know. What I wanted to talk about next... Have you seen all of P.K. Subban's shit recently? I mean, he, one of the things he did was to the Ducks. Yes. So yes, I had. That was Zigris, right? It was. I think it was that, and then... I think that that was the second fine levied against a, a play against Zegris. And I think after that is when Delorier ended up on, on Zegris's line. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I think you were talking about it in previous episodes, but it's only a matter of time before he gets hurt. Yeah. So, uh, Eakins put the enforcer up with, uh, <laughs> with Delorier to, or with, uh, with Zegris to send a message. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the, uh, yeah, yeah. He's also a first and line to, winger, so it's fine. I mean, to be, to be fair, Delorier, uh, you can actually score from time to time. He's not yes. terrible at hockey. It's true. He also did, happens to be good at punchies. Did you ever think you'd say that? I remember when he was first, <laughs> when he first became a duck. You were not his greatest fan. I was like, Who the fuck is this piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy for people to endear themselves eventually, unless they're Rafi Torres. Fuck that guy. Yep. Fuck that guy. But Rafi so. Torres also wasn't super good at hockey who was kind of only good at hurting people at least as far as i remember he had there were a bunch of sharks fans who loved rafi torres because he he scored a few goals in like the the 10 mm. games he played for the sharks before he was either suspended or had his knee turn necrotic and fall off um so that was the ducks he also pk suban did the same thing basically to ryan reeves and to shit Somebody else. He's he's had three slew foots at least in like the last two weeks, two three weeks, and uh, he finally got fined. I don't know what it takes for him to get suspended. He's been fined twice, which is what was wild. He was fined, and then instead of being suspended for the Zegers thing, he was just fined again, <laughs> which is goes against what player safety says the fines are for. Can we please fucking fire George Peros? 
Yes, and everybody else in that fucking office, honestly, at this point, just fire that office into the sun and bring in some people who are competent. Yeah, the, the heat's been taken off of him a bit, given the, uh, you know, all the stuff relating to misconduct uh, with <laughs> the, Beach. The various felonies that have been committed in the NHL. Yeah, and as far as we know, George Peros hasn't done anything like that. He's just grossly incompetent. Yes. I always get angry when I talk about George Peros because he's still never <laughs> suspended anyone for a hit on a shark in the, you know, seven years or however long he's been in, in charge of DOPS. That that by itself is a... That's not acceptable. It just means everybody's playing really clean when they play the sharks. Uh, oh, and, and two Tim Peel shout-outs in one episode. But did you see Tim Peel's tweet about P.K. Subban? <laughs> No, I did not. Basically saying, PK reached out to me and told me that this is just an unfortunate habit he's developed in his game. He's not trying to hurt anybody. I know dirty players, and PK Subban's not a dirty player. And I was sort Shut of thinking... Shut the fuck up, Tim Peel. Did you really Shut want an endorsement up. from Tim Peel? <laughs> why, is Tim, why is PK Subban reaching out to Tim Peel about his game habits? That's bizarre. And uh, shut the fuck up, Tim Peel. <laughs> Tim Peel shut needs something up. to do. He's he's bored. <laughs> he's had go, enough watching golf. And go do something else. None of us want to hear from you. Go away. <laughs> None of us were sad to see you go. Fuck off. God damn it. <laughs> and oh, so I know oh. I know dirty players. I look I looked the other way every time they took a penalty. Oh, Tim Peel. I do kind of miss him, <laughs> to be honest. He always made things interesting. Uh, the uh, master of the phantom call. Yeah. So aside from the epidemic of slewfoots, uh, we've also had, uh, it seems like, a fair number of, of COVID cases. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about the Sharks just... later, but the, the most recent one is, I think it's 10 players for the Senators out. Yeah. I think, wasn't there a coach too, or is that just oh, maybe. the Sharks? Uh, the Sharks, the yeah, the Sharks too. lost their head coach. I think that I'm fairly certain the Senators also lost a head coach. Um, yeah, this isn't good. This is really bad. So they postponed, I think, three games. Which I think means that the, their game against the Ducks is going to be postponed. Are they playing the Ducks this week? Or were they going to? Yeah. They were within the next three games for the Ducks. Well, uh, that's, a, that's a fantasy bummer for me. And me. <laughs> Do you have ducks now too? I've, I have. I can't drop Zegris because that's in my name. But I also picked up Henrique because he was putting up a lot of points, and I just needed some more left wing forward points. Yeah. So what is what's the line for postponement? Because I, I guess it must be somewhere between seven players and ten players because the Sharks yeah, were have, missing seven players no for idea. like five games. I guess when you hit close to half the team. At a certain point, you don't want to be putting the AHL team up against an NHL team. That's a little curl. <laughs> well, about that. <laughs> that happened. Uh, well, that's, that's going to be my high tide later, so we'll, we'll, we'll postpone that a little bit. But uh, do you know, do they have any cases in their AHL team as well? I don't know. I haven't seen anything reported on that. I also don't know how close the AHL team is to the NHL team. Bellevue, I think, is where their AHL team plays. Yeah, the Bellevue Senators. 
Oh, Belleville. Sorry. Where is Belleville? Uh, Belleville, Ontario. I don't know. I don't know. My Canadian geography is not so great. My Canadian geography is shit, so <laughs> I can't help. Well, well it's in I, Canada. I can get. <laughs> I can get maybe 60% of the provinces in the right spot. Beyond that, it fucked. Ottawa's in Toronto, right? Or in Ontario, I rather. I think so. I think <laughs> Not Toronto. It's in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> every Ontarian unhappy. Oh, or every Ottawan unhappy, the, at least. Every single spine in Ottawa and Toronto both got <laughs> all got a simultaneous rage tingle, and no one's quite sure why. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, you know, hopefully they're all. I was in Toronto, right? You might have to title the show. That. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'll do that unless something else better happens. But it'll be tough to top. But so yeah, hopefully all the players are vaccinated, so these cases won't be super serious. But uh, it's still a pretty big disruption, and I'm sure that we'll see more like it. As the season goes on, it's going to be kind of the new, the new normal. But better to keep the players safe than make them play, I oh, guess. For sure. I'm just, it's just interesting. Like, such a high COVID rate there in a team that is supposed to be entirely vaccinated as only Bertuzzi's the last uh, player in the league who is not vaccinated. I don't know what the what the spillover case rate is, but that seems high. It seems disproportionate. Yeah, yeah. I, this is one of those times where I wish I knew more science, but alas. Yeah, or just just knew what the uh, breakthrough case rate w- is, just because I am suspicious of the, <laughs> the league and the, this group of fucking liars. True. I wonder if anybody went to Evander Kane's. Uh, Vaccination card guy, also. School of napkins and crayons. <laughs> uh, so, there's a bunch of bad news. The good news story, which is also probably the, the biggest news story, at least um, game of hockey-wise, uh, the Eichel trade finally happened. So, yep. Eichel got out of Buffalo, which is good for him. Honestly, fucking fantastic. Because the, the Pagulas were being fucking ghouls about this. Just <laughs> Pagulas. <laughs> Pagulas. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I thought that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> That's another potential title there. God damn it. But yes, they're the, the, the Pagulas <laughs> were I fucking hate that so much. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, in my opinion, we're just trying to hurt Eichel as much as they could get away with before getting rid of him. They were really butthurt that he decided to leave. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, the return? Tuck, Kreb, a first and a second? And the first and second can like both slide a year with this whole... Like top protection. ten protection, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a pretty good piece of business for Vegas. Unfortunately, I mean, I think the fact that they got the first protected is great for them because they've had a rough year so far, and yep. with all the injuries they've had, and the fact that Eichel's going to miss a bunch of time, and the fact that they traded Tuck, who is a good player, uh, you know, this season might not be a great season for them. So if it goes really off the rails 
and they end up with a top 10 pick, they're they're fine. And then they get to start fresh next season. And the first they trade next season, when they're presumably all healthy and Eichel is playing, uh, is going to be, you know, bottom eight for sure. Yeah, it's going to be nothing they care about. Yeah, I I think this is a season where we might see the Knights miss the playoffs for the first time uh, through no bad construction of their own, just, you know, hockey. (laughs) Just getting wounded constantly. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is... uh, It's not terrible for the Sabres, but I think the the Knights come through looking real shiny after this. Yeah, I don't... You know, I don't know enough about prospects to be an expert, but from what I've read, Peyton Krebs is like, he'll be fine. He'll be a decent player, but he's not a an A-list prospect. He's going to be like a third liner, probably. So I remember scouting Krebs because he was in he was in Zagris' draft class, if I remember correctly. And I think he went before Zagris because the Ducks were going to trade up to grab both Krebs and Zagris. Or maybe it was the player that the uh, maybe it was, ah, fuck, whoever Detroit took, who's now starting to play. I don't think it was Krebs, because Krebs was 17th overall. Okay. Uh, wasn't Zagris, like, 6th or something? I think he was 8th. 9th. Yeah, ninth. Yeah, good memory. Oh, it was yeah, Drysdale, think... who was higher. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, I think it sounded like it was... The Flames and Carolina were the other two teams that were still kind of in, although Carolina's offer was lower. Yeah. I... And the Flames' offer is Schrodinger's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's both something that was going to happen and, <laughs> no, that was never going to happen. Oh, Kachuk. Don't, don't be silly, yeah. And people thinking that it was potentially leaked by Buffalo to, to put the screws to Vegas. And how how many years are left on Kachuk's deal? Uh, I don't know. I don't have cat friendly up. I'll so open I it. We'll get it up. Because if it's just like a year or two, then sure, I get not. It's not just a, a year. Yeah, this just is, a year. This is his last year. Okay. Yeah. So then I would I would have taken Vegas's offer, probably. Yeah. But uh, if Why it involves an extension, like yeah. The Flames kind of want to get rid of Matthew Kachuk. It seems like the Flames are linked to players leaving all the time. Like, how long has it been since we've heard Johnny Gaudreau hates Calgary and wants to leave? Yeah. Well, he's a UFA this season, too. Yeah, this might finally be the year. True. <laughs> though though Matthew Kachuk's an RFA, so it's a little bit tougher for him to go, but yeah. Yeah, I, I guess maybe the Flames see the writing on the wall. I mean, there's been lots of speculation that the Kachuk brothers want to play together and will go somewhere to do that. Although, you know, Brady signed a fairly long contract, didn't he? He, he signed a, an eight-year contract, to my memory. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's just not going to happen. Uh, or maybe Matthew will sign with the Senators. Be great for the Senators. That would be, a, that would be yeah, that would be a win for the Senators for sure. Can't imagine why he'd want to do that to himself, but it wouldn't make them better. Yeah, I guess it's it's one of those things where it uh, depends on whether the Senators are actually going to try to compete. Because they've got good pieces now. It's just the question of whether they run them all out of town like they did with Stone, Carlson, etc. Right, yeah. Although, I mean, you know, running Carlson out of town seems to have been the right call. <laughs> so, 
I guess you can't evaluate the Buffalo Vegas trade until we've seen Eichel play again. Because this yeah, could be one of those situations the, where it's like Carlson, where he's just not the same afterwards. But Until we see the result of his surgery and his recovery. Yeah. But he is, he's what, like 24? He's not he's very not old. old. He's the same age as McDavid. They're, they're, that's the one, two of that draft class, so. I always forget how old they are because they've been in the league for seemingly like Forever. 10 years now. Yeah. He's 25. Okay. Uh, and McDavid is 24. I think that's just because of maybe birthdays. Yeah. Because here, according to Cat Friendly, Eichel was born on the 28th in, uh, of October, 1996. Okay, so he just turned 25. Yeah. Ugh, man. I, I'm not looking forward to Eichel playing for the Knights. It's going to suck. That's gonna be fucking. That's not gonna be fun. <laughs> no, that's gonna be rough. Uh, do the do the knights have any of their prospects left from you know from their first crop of prospects? Uh, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> like they <laughs> traded them all. Or I guess they converted Cody Glass into uh, uh, what's his face, Nolan Patrick. How's Nolan Patrick yeah. doing this year? He got hurt early oh, on. Did he really? Damn. I think so. Yeah, he's only played in four yeah, games. Yeah, must be. He's on. He's on the IR. That guy's cursed. He's had a rough time. Though he's only twenty-three, and you know the implication is that he was given a bunch of drugs he shouldn't have been taking. Yeah. Uh, you know, lots of money you make paying a, playing a game, but uh, the the lifestyle of a hockey player seems like it can be kind of rough. Yeah, no, it feels very gladiatorial at times. If you have children and they want to play a professional sport, would you encourage them? Or would you say, don't play hockey or football, or what? Uh, I mean, first I have to get over the bile reflex of having children. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> So I said if. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if I would be comfortable with any potential child of mine doing football. That just seems like a fucking concussion factory, just a meat grinder of a sport. Uh, I mean, I played hockey for several years when I was super, super young, and I didn't do any damage to myself, but I, again, that was all single digits. Was that high contact hockey? my age. No, I was, I was, I was under 10, like the whole time I was single digits in years of existence. No elbows to the head in U10 hockey? No. Shit-talking, though. There was lots of shit-talking on the ice, I remember. We, we, we were already starting with little kid shit-talk. You know, gotta teach him young. So, uh, that's it for, for league-wide news, I think. We'll get into the, the ducks and the we sharks. Got, we, we do have one more piece of league-wide news, which will make a nice little uh, transition here. Ah. Is that the, uh, apparently, according to, was that Steve Simmons? No, Wayne Simmons. Oh, Wayne Simmons. I think. Oh, Wayne Simmons. Gotcha. His. Gotcha. 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 I, I had. I have not watched that interview. I also haven't watched the interview with John Doe 2's mom, which I should get around to. Just inflict more emotional harm upon myself. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought from everything I heard from from uh, Sim Wayne Simmons' interview that. He had lots of good things, lots of good ideas for how the NHL can not be a fuck-up going forward. 
and putting a neutral party involved, like just completely outside of the NHL's control, is uh, probably the only thing that makes any kind of fucking sense. Yeah, yeah. This is has to be the like the the minimum change made. Yeah. Though, to make the transition here, in the NHL's defense, for the time being, the hotline that they set up has already yielded fruit in the resignation of Bob Murray. Ah, good transition. I forgot about that. The GM of the Ducks is now gone. Um, To a certain extent, good riddance. He apparently was a gigantic asshole who would just scream and berate at uh, both players and players, coaches, and even staff, which apparently is kind of typically off limits in toxic hockey man culture. Um, but yeah, he was reported to the Ducks. The Ducks uh, immediately involved an outside investigator who during their preliminary findings were like, put this bitch on leave. So <laughs> they did and he resigned a day later. And uh, and though I've, I've continued to not hear anything about how this connects to the allegations at large, uh, when Bob Murray resigned, he also uh, enrolled in the alcohol abuse program that the NHL has. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Uh, I don't know how that connects to him being an asshole. I don't know if he was drunk all the time or, or if that's just a side issue. Uh, an interesting thing is that... Uh, was out there all over the places that he would constantly threaten people with their job security and uh, coaches came up a lot in that discussion which just makes me think of Bruce Boudreau when Randy Carlyle was in the fucking building for like six months Yeah, I have to assume that he's just like you need to you f- don't fuck up you piece of fucking shit I got Randy Carlyle here to lead this team to another cup if you don't you know whatever <laughs> And Randy Carlyle did just that. Yeah, I. Mm, God damn it! I genuinely, I, I see people online being like, "Oh man, the last couple of years were." I mean, Eakins is so bad. This is worse than the second Carlyle era. I'm like, you need, you need to never speak again, ever. What's Randy Shut Carlyle up to these days? Could he be the new uh, GM? No, I don't think so. That's not like I've seen a list of ten potential candidates. I wasn't serious. He's nowhere near there. <laughs> Listen, I, Listen I here, you con- little shit. I need, con- I need to consult myself that he's never coming near this organization ever again. <laughs> uh, so Jeff Solomon, who got the AGM and an assistant president of hockey ops job like six fucking months ago, is now the interim GM. Hmm. The Samuelities, Samuelities, Jesus Christ. The Samuelis are have said that they're starting a uh, search for a new GM and that they're going to take their time and have it be a long process. Uh, Prevailing thought is that Jeff Solomon will probably take or will will have the interim tag removed and become GM. Um, But there are a number of other uh, candidates. Uh, Internally, John Madden has been linked to taking Bob's job for a long time. This is uh, a different John Madden than the John Madden who's a coach for the Sharks. Oh, Martin Madden. Sorry, okay. different Madden. 
so there's there's some options. Um, we'll see where that goes. Uh, and that's would be kind of the only low tide for the Ducks. Uh, though Bob Murray needed to go, so so it's kind of a bittersweet tide, I guess. You know, there's a uh, a cup winning GM available now, right? I I don't want Jim Rutherford. Was it is it Rutherford? Well, no, I was talking about Stan Bowman. Oh God, please kill me. Yeah, that that would, I think would I, be a cause for burning a jersey. I I this to, to be fair, like I I have felt kind of shitty about the league and I've been wondering about, you know, going to games and if I want to do that. But with how well the Ducks seem to have handled this, other than, you know, letting it go on for years and years, for what, like 14 years he was the head coach, the the GM of this fucking organization. No, he was a GM and then GM for 14 years. I think he's been the GM for like 11. Uh, That kind of sucks, but it seems like once they were received the mandate of this does not go unpunished, they did the right thing. Yeah. If all teams take the Ducks uh, lead, or take what the Ducks did and and how they approach this, then I would be happy with how the league is moving. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing that I did kind of want to talk about, is that like this seems to be like starting back with Don Cherry getting fired. We're starting to see this old hockey guy culture be slowly excised and surgically cut from the fucking rest of this league like a like the cancer that it is we can help there's definitely been some encouraging things yeah because this is from the things i've read he was just like old guy hockey is is the way he was and this was just kind of how things were and now that's no longer acceptable and it never should have been but that's the low tide for the ducks i don't know if you want me to if you want to trade to yours or just have me finish up uh why don't you call. go ahead and finish up uh, a high tide to the Ducks is literally everything else. <laughs> We're on a seven-game fucking winning streak. Troy Terry's on a 14-game point streak, and I think last night his single point broke like a five-game, two-point, like multi-goal or multi-point streak for him. Uh, so he's been the player that we've always been hoping he would be this year, it seems like. Uh, he's probably on a bit of a of a shooting percentage bender and will come back down to earth at some point. But he leads the team in points. I guess Comtois would be another downside because he's just had a really rough start to the season. I kind of think he might be hurt. Uh, and then Getzlov has 999 points as of the last game. 1,000 watch. Means, yep, and I'm, I'm fucking working tonight during the game and there's no way I'm going to be able to watch and I'm sad. Uh, I also think that tonight is the night that that seven game winning streak is in the most danger as we're playing the Capitals. Yeah, the Capitals uh, are good we'll this see. year. They are so good. Ovechkin is at almost two fucking points a game. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ovechkin's going bananas right now. But on points a game, I think there are three ducks that are at least there's two or three ducks who are over a point a game, and then like a dozen more that are at at least half a point a game. That's pretty good. Our offense is really kind of amazing, and our our power play has been consistently in and around 25%, which is up from 8% last year. Both Terry and Getzlov have already gotten the <laughs> have already matched their their total of points from last season. 
what we're like 16 games in yeah <laughs> yeah and and terry's played one less game because he had like one healthy scratch during during this beginning of the season so yeah the ducks are doing really well with the exception of comtois who's kind of in a bit of a rut so are you off team tank now i think that they have to con- like whoever's at the head which is going to be jeff solomon probably for the most of this season it seems like you have to continue with the rebuild i don't know if this is more than a pdo bender yeah, it could be. But I think Team Tank has already been destroyed. I don't think there's any way you can tank after a, a start like this. At least it would be very, very difficult. Well, yeah, you wouldn't uh, be tanking for the first overall, at least. No, at least not in any kind of high chance first right. overall. Right. I still think of the four UFAs or three UFAs, however many it is, you have to sell on. You probably have to sell on two of them. Yeah, uh, I think you're probably right. I think that the only question is when you're rebuilding, you want to make sure that the young players don't get loser mentality. I think that's a real thing. Where like like you have yeah. to, if they're doing well, you have to express some confidence in them and support them at least a bit. And for most of this this seven game winning streak, we haven't had Silverberg or Raquel. Raquel is still out right now. Silverberg played his first game in the previous game. Um, and I'm saying that because I don't remember when that game was because it's been, been a long weekend. Um, so I think, like, if, you know, I'm GM, I think you try to shop the forwards and you keep the two defensemen, Lindholm and Manson, just because, I mean, they're, they're really, they're throwing Drysdale out there and you don't want to risk the line in him, but... I'm not like I've I've read uh, Eric Stevens talk about that where his situation is very different from Ristolainen and that he's not being thrown to the wolves at number one. He's you know he's getting number one pairing type uh, minutes, but he's paired with Lindholm, who's a really high level shutdown defenseman who's there to to cover for him if bad things happen. Yeah, I mean, he's being so supported. Yeah, you have I think you have to keep that the defensive veterans there to help guide Drysdale along in his development if you're going to keep him up at the NHL level. Yeah. And we've already seen that we can continue to score in buckets without Silverberg and Raquel. So I think you that those two become the assets you can sell off at or before the deadline. Yeah. And, Ra- and Raquel had a really hot start to the season tonight. And with how well the team is scoring, I think you can get back, get him back in there and keep pumping numbers and pump his value and get a decent return. What's his return timetable? I don't know. Let's let's open up our fantasy league because that has some of the best information when it comes to injuries. Uh, no current player notes, but he was injured on the 28th and put on IR but not LTIR okay yeah so I don't know what his timetable for return is I haven't seen anything about that no yeah the Pacific's not that bad this year <laughs> at least not yet no the, pac- the Pacific has been fairly competitive except for uh, consensus playoff pick the Seattle Kraken 
Yeah, they've been really bad. <laughs> they've been very, very bad. The Canucks have not been good either. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. They're, uh... The Ducks slaughtered the Canucks twice in the last week. Sharks have still only had one divisional game. It's weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't think we yeah, have the, any coming up either. The The Ducks schedule for the next week. Um, Ottawa Ottawa may be back by the time we play them. I'm trying. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Is we have Washington, Carolina. Ouchies. Uh, and then we play... It's either... Ottawa, Toronto, or Toronto, Ottawa. Let's see if I can find the schedule. So this week is going to be more of a proving ground of how legit are the Ducks. Yeah, that'll be a good test. Good lord, I'm looking for the Sharks' second divisional game, and I'm already in December, and I haven't found it. Holy shit. Yeah, it's Washington, Carolina, Nashville, Colorado, Ottawa, Toronto. Okay. And then on the... On the thirtieth of this month, we we play the Kings. Kings have also been hot. They've been good, and they're still missing uh, Byfield, right? Or did... yes, I think Byfield's on long term. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, on the the subject of the third California team, which is currently the bottom California team, uh, the Sharks have uh, slowed down since their four and zero start, uh, but I think it's still worth talking about uh, for the high tide uh, we were missing seven players and our head coach to COVID for six games uh, and it was like two thirds of our defense and then Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc and I forget who the last one was but uh, they went like 3-2-1 and one during that time playing a bunch of young guys so I you know I think that's encouraging the, uh... Yeah, that sounds like a really good situation to have in a bad situation, or a good outcome to have in a bad situation would be a more more coherent way to say that. It was not at all sustainable because they were having Brent Burns and Mario Ferraro play like 32 minutes a night. Holy fucking but, shit. <laughs> they still, oh my God. still did pretty well during that time. Uh, it was funny, Couture had a, a comment about Ferraro saying like, yeah, he wasn't surprised he'd played more because he w- was finally quiet on the bench. <laughs> He always talks. <laughs> uh, but that was good. I think we saw, got kind of an update on some younger players. Like uh, Ryan Merkley got his first NHL games, got his first NHL goal, and looked pretty good offensively, uh, but looked terrible, terrible, terrible defensively. Uh, one of the games they lost was pretty much single-handedly based on him, <laughs> which I hate to say about a young player. But, uh, you know. That is not good. <laughs> if you've got offensive defensemen, they don't have to be good defensively. But I think you you need to make sure they're at least not terrible defensively. Because, uh... Yeah, they shouldn't be costing you games. That's less yeah. than ideal. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sold on the fact he's not ready for the NHL. But uh, he did some good things, so it wasn't all bad. Uh, on the other hand, we got to see... Santeri Hataka, who's a more defensive-minded uh, defenseman. I thought he looked really good, and apparently the coaches agreed because even now with the full defense back tonight, he's going to be taking Shimmick's spot on the third pair. So get to see him get some more work. One of the thing, first things he did in a game was chase down Nikolai Ehlers from behind, which 
I don't know if you know too much about Nikolai Ehlers, but he is incredibly fast. So, yeah, good good start good to the side. career there. Speed is a uh, speed is very important in this league. Yes, you don't want uh, people who are pulling around concrete in their skates. Uh, the other high tide, I would say, Jonathan Dolan uh, having a pretty good start. He's got six goals through. I think he's played thirteen games, twelve games. And I think a successful season for him would be 15 goals and up since it's his, you know, rookie campaign. And he's pretty well on his way to getting that. Uh, 20 would be great. 25 would be outstanding. Uh, but, you know, it's hard for young players to to keep the consistency up. So we'll see if he makes it to there. Uh, low tide is the Sharks are starting to look more like last year's Sharks. The last couple games, they've they've looked uh, not so great. Um, Reimer's been awesome, but Aiden Hill, who's the one that they traded a second round rounder for, uh, has been a little disappointing. He's had some really good games and some really terrible games, uh, which has made me think a little bit of Martin Jones, <laughs> which is never a good comparison. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not positive. And not the it's not the five hole for him. It's more rebound control. His rebound control is not very good, which is a problem. Well, that at least is a little bit easier to to fix. To fix. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think the last few seasons have raised serious questions about whether the Sharks' goaltending coaches can be trusted to do anything. That's true. You guys haven't fired those guys, which is weird. Well, we fired. Hedberg a couple seasons ago, and then Nabokov took over, but uh, I don't. I have not noticed noticed much improvement, to be frank. Uh, then the, the last downside, last low tide. Uh, I think it made sense, but Eklund went back to Sweden after nine games. He had moments in games where he looked outstanding. He's a great skater. He's very smart. His passing is top notch. Uh, but he is still 5'10 and 160 pounds, and he was getting pushed around for sure when he wasn't able to to dodge people. So I guess the question there, obviously contract-wise, it makes sense to, to let that ELC slide. Yeah. But development-wise, is he good enough that he would still be developing in the NHL rather than having his growth stunted? I think maybe. Uh, but I don't have any problem with sending him back to Sweden, where he will hopefully kick ass. But it's a tough call. A lot of Sharks fans yeah, were, were bummed. It's it's a it's gonna be interesting because McTavish has two more games left before he hits his nine. And I don't know. I have legitimately no idea what the plan is gonna be for him because he doesn't look out of place. And physically, he's pretty. I mean, he's six six feet two thirteen, yeah. so he's got an NHL he's, body. Yeah, he's a big kid, and he's already played against men. Like yeah. that, that's kind of the thing that I think may have bumped him up in the Ducks drafting because it wasn't Bob Murray, whoever was in charge of drafting, whether it was Madden or Solomon, what uh, bumped him up in their in their board because he'd already been. Like the previous year, when everything was shut down, he went to, I think he also went to Sweden, or was Switzerland. I think it was Switzerland. He played played in a pro league against men. Eklund did too, but he's just a smaller fellow. Yeah. It was, uh... Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm curious to see whether or not he gets gets sent uh, back 
to I don't even know where they would send him back to because the thing too is that he had a, a conditioning stint in the AHL where he slaughtered AHL competition so that kind of feels like he shouldn't go back to junior it feels like he needs stiffer competition I don't I don't know where he's eligible to return because of the weird rules of of the of the Canadian juniors and the AHL and all that shit uh, what? I'm pretty sure he can't go to the AHL. Yeah, maybe because he's a North American player. Even though he played yeah. in Europe last year, but that may have just... Is he an OHL player? I don't know where he was prior to the COVID season. I think I, I think he's Canadian. I think he was, he was some kind of CHL player of some kind, some kind of Canadian junior. Yeah, he played for the Peterborough Peets. Who I, I so that would be the O. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, so maybe they can't send him to the AHL. I think the AHL only works for European players who are, you know, under yeah. 20. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, one other... would send him down to that conditioning stint and had him... I think he, he scored like a couple of goals, had a couple more points. I think he was, did really well down in the A. Does sending them to the A prevent their contract from sliding? It may not. I think it does. Sending them back to juniors or Europe does, but I'm, I'm not sure that that's true for the AHL because the AHL is still considered pro hockey. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know well enough. But uh, are the Ducks in cap hell the next couple seasons? That may be a consideration. No. <laughs> the Ducks have ten, like over ten million dollars, free right now. Like we could have just taken Jack Eichel, kind of money here. I'd. I'd yeah, say we have eleven million dollars. We have eleven million dollars of projected cap space. I think they should think about keeping him then. I think that one of the driving forces behind the Sharks sending Eklund back is that they're going to be in cap hell in the near future, uh, even more so than now. And uh, having an extra year on the ELC could be a big help. Gibson is signed through 2027, it looks like. So that's not a contract that's coming up. The UFAs are DeLaurier, which you can get for nothing if you want to keep him. Getzlav who's on the one-year, uh, oops, Getzlav, who's on the one-year, uh, you know, evergreen deals at this point. Yeah. And then Lindholm and Manson, uh, Sam Carrick. Yeah, that's pretty much it for UFAs. So. Let him stay, why not? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not against that idea. I think that, uh, he can be, uh, a pretty, he seems, he doesn't seem out of place. Yeah. It seems like he's been doing well. Yeah. When Eklund went back to Sweden, I think he could use more development, but I also think he was probably like the sixth best forward on the Sharks. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's top six yet, but seven games, two goals and an assist. So just under half a point a game. And that's after an injury that had him out for a little bit and had him going down to the A for a conditioning stint. Yeah. Where he had two points in three games. I thought he had an extra goal than that. But yeah, he was down there for three games, goal and assist. And then you also have to think about yeah. the player's own mental state. I, yeah. Eklund was upset to go back to Sweden. And I'm waiting to see whether that's, okay, I'm going to prove them wrong 
by playing really well upset or I don't like this franchise upset. <laughs> Hopefully the first one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like it would be... Uh, seems like it's a thing that makes sense to be like, oh yeah, I, you know, I'm getting sent back, I'm young. Hopefully that doesn't bother him too much. Yeah. It's a normal course of things. True. Uh, story from Eklund's development. Uh, he missed some big international tournament last year because he had like appendicitis or something. And he, while recovering, was just like furious and worked really hard and it apparently made him a better player when he did get back on the ice that season. So I'm, I'm hoping this is productive upset, which it seems seems to be his character type. That Yeah, that would be good for you guys, for sure. Yeah, you could use some good news. But uh, I don't know, I think that's, that's about everything. It seems like it. I can't, can't think of anything else. Who do you think makes the playoffs from the Pacific? It's not going to oh, be the, the Kraken. I think I feel pretty safe saying that. Yeah, I don't think so either. Let me look at the standings right now. So as it stands, it's it's fucking Edmonton, Anaheim, Calgary. <laughs> with St. Louis and Vegas in the wild card spots. I didn't realize Vegas is 8-2. They've uh, picked it back up in their last 10. Uh I th- I think a, there might be a California team that makes the fucking playoffs this year. It's it's possible. I I don't think it'll be the Sharks. Do you think the Ducks or the Kings? I mean, it's with where they are, like in the standings, and if we go by conventional wisdom, kind of maybe shuffle them up or down. If either of the Ducks or the Kings could be in a top three or wild card spot by Thanksgiving, which not that far tends away to be indicative of who makes the playoffs. So I don't I don't think the Ducks are the second in the Pacific and I think they're like seventh in the league right now. Yeah, they're they're top 10 in the league. Uh, I don't think they're a top 10 team as as much fun as I've had with watching them kick ass and score buckets of goals. I don't think they're a top 10 team. Um but fuck, they could be a wild card team. Yeah. That'd be good development even if it's just losing the first round. Getting the uh, the kids blooded, that'd be good. Yeah, and it, I mean, the 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 difference has been new assistant coaches who've who've run a much better power play. And PK, uh, and then some of the kids just becoming better, like Terry, like having Terry go the fuck off. If Comtois could start getting his game going, then that would be some serious offensive power. And then just having Zagris in the whole time, even though he's had a slow offensive start, he did light the, the fucking Vancouver Canucks up for three points, two power play goals, and a wicked assist. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you see any of the clips of his the first power play goal from that night, his fucking one-timer? No, I didn't. Holy shit. I didn't know he could shoot that hard. He blew the back of the fucking net out. It was amazing. Send me a clip or, or tell me what game to look at at least and I'll find it. Rushed that that fucking puck. It was the last uh Vancouver Anaheim, the five one. I'll see if I can find a clip for you. Um but we can also wrap up if we want to do that as as I am typing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. That. So I will uh we'll see you soon. Uh hopefully we'll be getting back to a little bit more regular recording. Now that we've started to sort sort our schedules out, uh, but I, I guess no promises. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but yeah, 
Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at Off the Coast Pod. You can find our podcast on Stitcher and on iTunes if you want to download it or add it to your podcast app. Our intro and outro music is by Dave Depper, and you can find that on freemusicarchive.com. Please rate, review, tell your friends. Uh, if you want to send us feedback or questions, you can reach us on Twitter or at offthecoasthockey at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook page. So hit us up one of those places.